0: What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to Off The Chain, simply the best podcast in crypto. Let's kick this thing off. Zach Prince is the co-founder and CEO of BlockFi. They're a company that builds wealth management services for cryptocurrency investors. We've been investors for a while over at Morgan Creek, and we just participated in a $30 million Series B funding round. Zach came on the podcast, and we did a live stream so he could tell us what they're going to use the money for, how the company's doing, and what clients can expect coming from BlockFi in the next few months. This conversation was fun, fast-paced, and Zach filled us in on a lot of details. I hope you enjoy it. Anthony Pompliano is a partner at Morgan Creek Digital. All opinions expressed by Pomp or his guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Morgan Creek Digital or Morgan Creek Capital Management. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. What's up, dude?
1: I'm going to have to try not to check my phone while we're recording. The Bitcoin price is going up.
0: (laughs) Our Series B news uh, just dropped. It's all right. Um, All right, let's get into this. You guys announced today uh, $30 million Series B. Yep. Caveat we invested. So everyone, yes, we are investors. Um, what's been going on at BlockFi? Why are people giving you $30 million, including us?
1: Yeah. So, you know, a, a couple things. Um, it was definitely an opportunistic fundraise for us. And the reason we decided to do it is we raised our Series A in July of last year. Back half of last year, we set really aggressive targets for the company and we blew them out of the water in terms of uh, number of new clients in terms of the amount of revenue we're generating, uh, institutional, uh, traction and all this stuff kind of starts feeding on itself and generating momentum. So we were seeing great performance, great growth. And we also have a very, uh, you know, ambitious product pipeline for this year of new things that we want to bring to the market. And we wanted to be able to bring those new things to market with confidence, especially the Bitcoin rewards credit cards, you know, launching a credit card, um is not a uh it's not a small small effort and we want to do some really fun marketing and so you know for all of these reasons we felt like uh uh we could go to market and and raise more capital and now is the time to uh to do it and fortunately when we started having that conversation the you know folks that are already sitting around the table including <laughs> yourself were like hey you don't you don't need to go to market too much you know we can just
0: we don't need to go fundraise. We can all just do this right here, right now.
1: Yeah, and so it, uh, you know, it, it came together uh, pretty quickly, and um, I'm excited as as the CEO. You know, the team's grown a lot. We've got just such fantastic people working at the company, and it's been amazing to see the speed at which we've developed things and the high level of client service that we've been able to maintain throughout the growth that we've experienced.
0: And now we're just setting an awesome tone for this year, right? So right now, you've got three products, right? I can put crypto in and take a US dollar loan against the, my crypto collateral. I can uh, put crypto in and get paid interest on uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, GUSD. And then I can also buy and sell uh, crypto as an exchange. But how, what can you tell us about numbers? Because in the Bloomberg article in the announcement, revenue is up 20x since last January. Uh, that's a big fucking jump. (laughs) Where's that coming from? Is that just the launch of new products? Is that kind of people using the existing products more? How do you think about that and what are you willing to say?
1: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, it's a a combination of things. So, you know, first and foremost, uh, it's driven by increased adoption in terms of the number of clients that that we have on the platform, both retail and institutional. Uh, As a result of the client growth, uh, we've grown, you know, assets on the platform and AUM, the number that we put out uh, in the official Series B press release was $650 million on the platform. It's actually healthily above that now because we finalized that copy a couple weeks ago. Um, and those things drive revenue. So the more clients you have, the more people are going to trade. The more people are going to take loans. The larger balance that you have that's earning interest and the balances that are earning interest are what gives us the ability to lend more capital. And the majority of the revenue that we make uh, is uh, from lending. Getting paid on lending, whether that's USD or or crypto, and so you know we're doing well over a uh, million dollars a month now, and and it's uh, it's doubled just since we decided to do the Series B in early December. All right, uh, so to, so to when we important. closed the round, so it, we're hitting kind of a new a new pace in terms of that trajectory, which is great to see. So you're up
0: twenty x in revenue over the last year. Uh, in the last. 45 days, give or take. Revenue has doubled. And uh, you're now doing well over a million dollars a month in revenue. You get 650 million plus in assets on the platform. Um, and you continue to move the interest rates to kind of serve customer needs, right? So one of the things that I think a lot of people have questions around is just how do you come up with what is the interest rate, right? And we're still talking specifically around uh, the interest product. Can you explain kind of the mechanisms there uh, and why it changes month to month?
1: Sure, so uh, there's a number of uh, different factors that go into determining the interest rate. So the first thing is just the, the market. And the market has uh, a couple of different inputs to it: the futures curve and the funding rates on derivatives platforms are, are very important in terms of uh, seeing where the market is for lending rates. Uh, another big part of the market is uh, supply and demand. H- how much uh, capacity uh, does the market have to lend dollars to lend crypto relative to how many places there are that you know and institutions there are that are interested in borrowing it? Um, and so the rates are, you know, primarily set by the market. But then there's a few things that uh, that we do to incentivize uh, adoption. So we have a for for crypto, we have a tiered interest structure where, you know, for example, today on your first five Bitcoin, you earn five point one five percent annual yield, and for your balance above five Bitcoin, you earn three point two five percent. Annual yield, and the reason that we that we did that is that we wanted to uh, provide a high rate to as many people as we possibly could, and also we're always cognizant of. Competition in the market, and take client service out of it. You know, take UX out of it, uh, take trustworthiness out of it. At the end of the day, with financial products, rate is really important, Mm -hmm. and so we want our rates, whether it's uh, how much it costs someone to get a loan, or whether it's how much someone's earning in interest, to be the best in the market for the types of products that we offer. Um, And so, all of those things, uh, you know, play a role in us determining the interest rates that we're able to offer, and we. Change them month to month based on changing dynamics, mm-hmm. so you know the most fundamental thing that that changes and is starting to change pretty dramatically right now is the market is shifting heavily bullish for bitcoin mm-hmm. um, you know there's a lot of underlying trends uh pointing to increased adoption both on institutional and retail um, and there's a lot of uh excitement and uh you know, anticipation of the supply reduction with the halving. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of new kind of regular buying pressure being created through adoption of products that are substituting Bitcoin in instead of traditional rewards and enabling people that already know this is a great investment to just you know stack more Sats, get more Bitcoin, yep. and all of these things are coming together and they're they're making the market position heavily bullish. Um, when the market is positioned heavily bullish there is uh, slightly less demand to borrow Bitcoin than in times where the market's neutral or bearish. Yep. So, If you look at you know, some of the key metrics that go into uh, determining what interest rates we're able to offer, um, the interest rates are moving downwards for Bitcoin right now. The trend line is moving downwards and moving dramatically upwards
0: uh, for dollars. Uh, because people want more dollars to buy more Bitcoin. Of course. And, and then you guys announced that you're going to come out with this credit card, right? So you got the three products today. Um, and when you announced the uh, credit card, I think a lot of people, um, they just kind of took them by surprise, right? In the sense of no one has really thought about, well, There's uh, things like Lolly or FoldApp, et cetera, where I can get paid in Bitcoin cash back for my purchases, but that's uh, really using kind of a plug-in type um, uh, technology stack. What you guys are talking about here is that you're going to issue a credit card, so I can come in, I can apply for a credit card, you approve me, give me the credit card, and when I use it for everyday purchases, I'll actually earn my cash back, in air quotes, I'll earn it in Bitcoin. And it's just another way for me to get access to Bitcoin without having to go put fiat currency in and buy it through an exchange.
1: That's exactly right. And it's important to note uh, a a few things when we're talking about the card product, because there have been a couple of different uh, card products that have come out in the cryptocurrency space already. Um, One fundamental difference between what we're doing and what's existed in the past is that it's a credit card, not a debit card. Okay. So, debit cards, you're spending, you know, money that you've already funded into an account. Credit cards, you're spending uh, money that is credit, and that, uh, you know, if you pay back at the end of every month, you don't pay an interest rate on whatsoever. Credit cards also come, the you know, the way these uh, payment networks work in the U.S. at least, credit card networks have a higher interchange capture rate, which is basically how the card companies make money from. The merchants, when credit card transactions are processed. Mm -hmm. And as a result, uh, credit cards offer higher cash back rates to consumers than debit cards do. So we think of the BlockFi Bitcoin rewards card as something that's competing more with. You know, Chase Sapphire Reserve or your airline mile card. Um, it's for a prime consumer. It's going to have a high cash back rate. It's a credit card where you don't have to pre fund it to be able to spend money. Just instead of earning airline miles or normal cash back, you're going to earn Bitcoin. And we're huge fans of Lolly and Fold and all of these apps. I think, it, I think one of the big trends of this year is going to be uh, all of these things working together to create a lot of uh, regular buying demand. And you can use the BlockFi Bitcoin Rewards Card with lolly well, was at the say, same
0: time so like in, in, in if you're really um crazy about this and, and fanatical what you could literally do which i is, am by the way i'm, I'm gonna so, do it so am i of course so <laughs> am i uh is you can use the blockfi credit card through a lolly or fold app to then buy let's say a flight for work that then is ends up being reimbursed and so you end up earning the free bitcoin and you're double dipping almost, right? You're using the credit card rewards back, but also the lolly or, or fold app uh rewards as well. Yeah,
1: and you're gonna get, for example, you know, three to five percent back by using the lolly link and uh one what, and a half to three percent back on uh, the on the Block Five Bitcoin rewards card.
0: One and a half to three percent is where you think it'll end up.
1: Yeah, we're still we're still finalizing uh the exact numbers with our partners and there's some uh you know questions there about how much you want to uh, incentivize certain types of spending. There's basically two models you can go with. You can either go with a, a high flat cashback rate on every transaction, uh, just a high base rate, or you can do uh, something where you have like a one percent cashback rate on every transaction, and then for certain types of purchases, you offer higher rates. You know, two, three, four, five mm-hmm. percent. So we haven't made a final decision uh, on which one of those options we're going to go with, but. Um, It'll be a cashback rate that's you know competitive, competitive. with yeah, yeah competitive with uh, uh,
0: Prime cards that are in the market today. Got it. And then, do you have any idea in terms of um, who will be eligible for the credit card? I think that's another question I've seen a lot online of just like, is this a credit score based thing? Is there there are other things that'll go into who gets approved and who doesn't?
1: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be traditional credit underwriting. Got so uh, if your FICO score is not in a good spot, definitely. You know, work on it now uh, in advance of uh, in advance of the card coming out. So um, nothing specific to say there, but you know, generally uh, the cutoff for, for prime, which is the part of the market that we'll be operating in, is in between six fifty and and seven ten. You know, on the lower end in terms of what your credit score needs to be to uh, receive the card. And there's other variables that will go into the underwriting model, including your uh, self-reported annual income, uh, age, credit history, etc. But it'll be underwritten the same way that traditional credit cards are, are underwritten.
0: I'm, uh, I'm laughing because I'm getting tweets right now of people saying, Good morning, guys. How about some money for AMA participants? <laughs> How about we're, some we're money for AMA when, participants? When, when, the, uh, when the credit card comes out, you'll get all the money back <laughs> you could uh, ever dream of. Um, last time that uh, I think we did a, a podcast episode, uh, I asked you, What do you believe in that other people would disagree with you? Or kind of what's your most controversial thought? Uh, and you said that. People essentially were underestimating the importance of stable coins, yeah, this was uh, a while ago too, like two years ago, yeah, stable coins end up being pretty important <laughs> <laughs> and uh and both stable coins in the general sense of uh you know, USDC, GUSD, Tether, uh, TrueUSD, all, all of kind of what I'll call the crypto and private corporation, uh, Libra as well. Um, and then now we're seeing like the digital dollar, the digital yen, and all of the uh, government issued um, digitized currencies that I'll put in the stablecoin category. Uh, I don't want to say you are quote unquote right, but you were probably more right than wrong in terms of direction, kind of how this is playing out. What are your thoughts today on stablecoins and, and kind of their importance? I'm
1: still incredibly bullish. I think that uh I think that if you survey, you know, name your emerging or frontier market and if you survey people in that market, 100 people and you say how many of you want to hold dollars and how many of you want to hold Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Pretty close to a hundred would say they want to hold dollars, and depending on you know uh, where you're asking that question, they might not be able to. The only way they might be able to hold dollars right now is by getting hundred dollar bills on the black market and shoving it under their mattress. Um, and probably between you know one and fifteen of the people would say they they also want to hold Bitcoin or or other cryptocurrencies. And so these. Markets for, for dollars uh, outside the US and outside of regions where dollars are the base currency are massive for institutions and multinational corporations. Dollar-denominated debt borrowed by folks outside the US is an $11 trillion market that's growing at a 7-8% clip every year and showing no sl- no signs of uh, slowing down. That market has never been open to retail. so. This uh, you know credit market access to credit access to debt uh, ability to save in something that's relatively stable and and earns an interest rate isn't something that most people around the world have yep. had access to and that's what the dollar provides and so my view continues to be that stablecoin adoption is uh, going to grow it's going to grow dramatically um, dollars on the blockchain will probably be uh, bigger than Uh, bigger than Bitcoin at some point over the next two to five years. In market cap size? In market cap size. And all that trend happening is awesome for Bitcoin. Why? Because because if you have people uh, holding digital dollars, whether it's in stablecoin form or another form uh, with fintech companies or cryptocurrency companies, the money gets that much closer to Bitcoin. And so your opportunity to uh convert folks into owning uh cryptocurrency is just that much easier. And so I think that uh, you know, for companies like us, we 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 think of BlockFi as potentially one, two, three years from now, entering a, another phase in our business. We're still very much focused on just delivering really awesome products for cryptocurrency investors right now. Mm-hmm. But we think we might, uh, you know, in a couple of years, be in a position to have products for folks that aren't interested in Bitcoin yet. They're actually just interested in earning an interest rate on dollars, and they're coming from a place where that wasn't possible before. And that's where they
0: start. Yep. Well, so a lot of people don't know this, uh, and I've gone around the country l- literally and talked to institution after institution about, um, right now, I can take money and I can put it into GUSD. I can then turn around and I can hand that to BlockFi in an interest-bearing account and I can earn 8.5%? Yeah, 8.6. 8.6% APY on that deposit. And USDC as well now. And USDC, okay. So that's a really, really high interest rate compared to the fiat traditional banking system, right? Money market accounts, maybe you're squeaking out 100, 150 basis points on the high end. Yep. Um, You're talking about an 860 basis point APY, on a digital dollar, right? Does that come down over time? Like like where does that interest rate kind of evolve? And the reason I'm asking that is do we eventually enter a world where people are financially incentivized to move from the fiat currencies and the traditional banking system into this digital dollar world?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're people are incentivized to to do that now. Um but uh the the rates will will absolutely Trend towards the rates that you see in traditional markets, but I think that's going to take quite a while. Okay, why? Fundamentally, the uh, cryptocurrency, digital asset, blockchain sector does not have access to the same types of capital that traditional markets do. It's a little bit like uh, you know the marijuana industry or um, you know other new industries where it's still emerging. People don't understand it. It's a new technology. And banks move at you know the speed of of slugs, right? And, and they're afraid of everything and they're not that interested in it.
0: They're very risk
1: averse, they're very risk averse. <laughs> so um, I, I actually think that uh, our rates that we're paying on stable coins might uh, go up before they go down. Uh, so we might have an announcement there in the next in the next week or two about a rate increase on on stable coins. Um, and uh, over time as it scales, uh they they will definitely trend downwards. And one analogy that we look at is uh I'm forgetting the name of it. I think it's uh Ye Bao. It's okay, the, what's that? it's it's uh it was the money market it's the money market type fund from uh either Alibaba or Oh yeah, or, yeah.
0: Alibaba it's like the largest money market fund in the world. Largest
1: money market fund yeah. in the world. When that thing came out it was offering an interest rate of like nine percent. hmm And now the interest rate that it offers is below the risk-free rate, yep, uh, for bank deposits uh, in the market that it operates in, but that transition took a long time. And during that transition, so many things got added onto that platform in terms of functionality that you can also do with the dollars that people are happy to, or the RMB, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that people are happy to, um, uh, you know, keep their keep their capital there because it's a better option than what was available from the traditional banking system. And what makes it a better option can shift over time. On day one, it can just be the interest rate, and the interest rate is dramatically better. Uh, but you know, in year three, four, five, six, it might be that there's this suite of uh, additional services uh, in addition to a better you know user experience, client service experience versus the traditional banking system that keeps people on the
0: platform. So Bao, I think is the right way to pronounce it. Um, I I just looked and uh, it definitely was the world's largest money market fund. At one point they had $245 billion in there. So a quarter of a trillion dollars and uh, the rates were incredibly high. Um, Mark Yusko uh, tells a story that uh, I believe at one point, they were growing so rapidly that there was actually a cash crunch at the Chinese banks. And so the government stepped in and said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa time out, right?" And and I don't know, I don't think they completely stopped people from depositing, but there was like a, a rate limiting. Um, and it simply is people are searching for yield, right? And if you can show them a lower risk way to get the same or higher yield, of course they're going to be interested, right? right? And I think that's what you see there. Um, and obviously, we haven't yet seen it at scale. In uh, in the digital world, but it's definitely something that um, is likely to occur at some point if rates can stay up higher than uh, we're seeing in the traditional banking system.
1: It's coming. I mean, people people don't you know the 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 people holding stable coins with us right now uh, are still you know a subset of cryptocurrency market investors for the most part. Um, a big theme for BlockFi this year in general is taking our marketing and and messaging and uh, capabilities on that pl- on the platform to a more mainstream. Audience, mm-hmm. and and as that starts to happen, uh, I think we'll start to enter you know an even faster trajectory of growth because the value proposition is great. Yeah, what you're you, earning one point seven five percent, one point five percent in traditional savings accounts or at Marcus <laughs> or whatever. This is eight point six. It, it's not that hard to do the math.
0: Yeah, what are you going to use the money for? So you just raise thirty million dollars. Um, where, where's money go?
1: So, uh, you know, the primary expense, uh, for us has been, and will continue to be, um, people. So, you know, we grew the team from 15 to 75 last year. We'll go from 75 to around between 125 and 150 this year. And, uh, that's growth across the board. Our engineering team, our client service team, our institutional service team, Mm -hmm. finance team, compliance team. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, um, Growing, uh, growing the team is is the number one use of proceeds. Uh, after that, it's uh, marketing and product development. So, um, you know, we're launching a mobile app and fiat on and off ramps. When you have fiat on and off ramps, banks require you to keep reserves with them mm-hmm. based on how much ACH transaction volume you're doing. So, there can be a little bit of a cash drag there. And launching a credit card is not a small feat, both in terms of, uh, you know, the lift you need to uh, put in to bring it to market and and get it live. And we also want to uh, do a ton of fun marketing. Mm-hmm. So our, our marketing budget is going up by you know, a factor of 30 X versus last year. I think we spent like half a million dollars on marketing last year, spending way more than that on marketing this year. So
0: there, there was uh, there was competitors in the marketplace that spent a lot more than half a million bucks. <laughs> um, so. When you do this, how do you guys think about the $30 million number? And and this is really for kind of entrepreneurs that are out there in crypto. Um, There haven't been that many kind of 20, 30, you know, plus million dollar fundraisers in the industry in general, right? There, There's kind of a wave of companies that were around pre-2016 that uh, were able to successfully uh, have large fundraisers like that. Then you had a lot of like that, what I'll call the ICOs, right? So yep. that was not really for, in exchange for equity for a private for-profit centralized company with all the tokens. Um, since then, we've seen a couple, but not a ton uh, of these very large fundraisers, like how do, do you think about when's the right time to go fundraise um how much to raise right how do you uh, derive the valuation off of that and kind of just talk me through like from the entrepreneur seat that fundraise framework that you use like on making the decision to actually go and do it sure so
1: um i think there's a couple of uh there's a couple of key inputs to making the decision to go do it one is um, is there something we could do with the money? Mm-hmm. And you know, generally for startups, the answer to that is yes. But you know, if if it's no, then you probably don't need to raise money. Uh, and the second thing is, do we have do we have the metrics to raise money at you know evaluation that is higher than uh, the previous round that we raised money at, and would support uh, us raising the amount of money that we want to raise to do the f- things that we need to raise money for. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, th- those are your inputs. And if you've if you've got the metrics and you know what you want to spend the money on, how you derive it valuation is kind of a function of uh, how good of a job you do marketing it. Like it's really a sales effort at the end of the day. You've got to make a great presentation. You have to have, uh, you know, a compelling uh, narrative around what the company's doing, why it's working, uh, and why it's going to keep growing in addition to just the underlying uh quantitative metrics Mm -hmm. and you have to go talk to people you have to sell it um just like anything else y'all are raising you know when you're raising money for your fund it's the same concept right you've got to meet people present uh grab their attention make them believe and uh fortunately you know we've we've been successful at doing that i come from a sales background so i actually love that part of the job you know, like I, I, could, I could talk to people uh, all day yep. and tell them what we're doing because I'm just like so excited about it anyways. So uh, I really enjoy it. And I think one of the things that's noteworthy about how we've raised capital at BlockFi, which is also true for a lot of things in the cryptocurrency, c- cryptocurrency industry, is that the speed that it moves at is so fast. Like not only have we reached this kind of new tier in terms of the amount of capital that we've raised, but we raised our Series A six months ago. Mm-hmm. It's not often that companies go from Series A to Series B uh,
0: in under a year, much less uh, six months. So, um, but but I, I can say this: you probably can't. Um, and this is more the investor mentality of like when you see something working, at least for us, like we want to double and triple down on that. Right? It's working, uh, and. Now is the exact time in which we want to pour gasoline on the fire, right, and take what is already an inflection point and make that curve steeper. Right. Um, when I was at uh, at Facebook, um, there's a point in time in 2014 where the ads revenue was growing so quickly that we used to say ads is going bananas. And the reason why we <laughs> said bananas is because if you think of the shape of a banana, right, it'll yeah. really kind of like bend backwards almost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so uh, that's what you want from every company, yeah. right? Is you see this growth. And when you see it starting to uh, hit that inflection point, what you actually want to be able to do is that gasoline can. Literally put it vertical in terms of growth. Yeah, push your uh, put your foot further down on the pedal. Yeah, and I think that's what you guys are doing, right? Yeah. Is, is it's really hey, let's keep doing what we're doing. Let's do it on a bigger scale, and also let's launch tangentially related products that we know our customers want.
1: That's exactly right, and, and I think that last point is uh, is really important. None of this works. You don't hit that you know that breakout point in mm-hmm. growth if you're not uh, adding value for your clients. That's true for, for any company. And so, uh, one of the things I've been really proud about that we've done at BlockFi is you know one of our core values at the company is uh, clients, not customers. Mm-hmm. Every decision that we make, we ask ourselves, how does this impact the client? Is this mm-hmm. good for the client? Are they gonna like it? We solicit product feedback from our clients, and that's a lot of what goes into uh, our product development roadmap, is just mm-hmm. what people are you know telling us, what our clients are telling us that they want. And so it's this,
0: uh, you know, it's a great incentive alignment mechanism that capitalism has. Where it, it, Do you use the terminology clients, not customers, because customers insinuates like a transactional relationship?
1: Customers and- is a number in a database, right? Mm-hmm. Customers are a number in a database that, uh, you know, no one knows their name, just happens. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of fintech, uh, it, it does great things in terms of having an awesome UX and in terms of uh, delivering automation and, and uh, products that are powered by technology. And, and we want to do that at BlockFi, but what we also want to do uh, is introduce people to uh, the experience that maybe comes from like an older time, when you mm-hmm. could walk into a bank branch and there's a banker there who knows your name or someone that you've worked with, and we want to see if we can deliver that digitally. So I think we're the only place in crypto where there's a number on our website you can call that phone number. Who answers? Do you Someone answer? from our client service team. Do you answer? I used to. I actually like it every every once in a while. I'm one of the first people in the office every morning. I'm like you. I'm an early riser. So every once in a while, the phone rings and no one else is there yet. And it's awesome. I'm like, hey, thanks for calling BlockFi. This is Zach. And the person on the and other end will be like, out. sometimes, most of the time, they don't know who I am. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. like, oh, okay. Hey, Zach, uh, you know, here's what I need. <laughs> like, uh, but other times, people were like. Zach Prince? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, aren't you the CEO? And they're like, why are you you answering the phone? I'm like, ah, I just get in early. Technically, the phone line isn't open yet, but I heard it ring. Like, how you doing? What's up?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. All right. We got to talk about this photo. So he doesn't know I'm going to do this. But for those that uh, can't see it, this is the photo that is on the uh, Bloomberg article uh, that uh, Vildana uh, wrote uh, announcing the fundraiser. Yeah. Shout out to Vildana from Bloomberg. Great article. You guys look like you're about to come out with a rap album. <laughs> really? You think so? <laughs> yes, you and Flory look like you guys are about to come out with a rap album. See,
1: I look at that, and I think that I, think that I look uh, like a you know, like a goofball, and Flory just looks like a stone-cold
0: badass. Flory looks like she's about to fuck people up. <laughs> 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 she's what, a, she's how, what an she operator, thinking, man. She's, she's not here, but what is she, uh, what is she thinking about all this? Is she excited?
1: Oh man, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're pinching ourselves, right? Like we, um, we, you know, we, we started this thing in Q3 of 2017, uh, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed trying to raise money, telling people that we thought ICOs were stupid and they're saying, we think you're stupid. (laughs) And, uh, and, uh, you know, it's, um, just seeing it all, seeing it all come together. There were so many things. We were actually on a, uh train together from uh from Boston we were up at Fidelity's office we're on a train back together we actually got to spend like 3 hours together which doesn't happen that much yep. anymore cuz we're very busy and we're like you know if you just if you just say like build things that people want and fintech flywheel if you just say it enough i guess eventually it comes true i mean that we were saying all this stuff for so long we had these yep. strategies that we wanted to you know bring to the market uh and it was it was a ton of effort but you know the the feeling that we have now is that um, the snowball's rolling and we just have to, you know, we just have to keep going. Yeah, uh, that's the secret, man. Just build things that people want, and magically, you build a company and keep going. I mean, look, it's uh, from the outside looking in. You always hear about the good stuff, but um, there were moments, right? Like we we made our first crypto backed loan in January of 2018. Price of Bitcoin was around seventeen thousand. It ended the year at three thousand. How did that feel? Awful. <laughs> <laughs> right like that doesn't
0: that's that's brutal um no loss of capital
1: no we've never lost a penny in any of the in any of the lending that we do um but you know it's we we're, we're fundamentally in the cryptocurrency market we're fundamentally bullish on what's going to happen in the cryptocurrency mm-hmm. market and it is fundamentally better for our business when the cryptocurrency market cap is larger so uh you know there's uh there's a lot more excitement <laughs> when the prices are going up than when they're going down. And
0: uh, where are we at now? Are you checking? Uh, no, I'm looking. On, I'm texting Joe. Joe's sitting okay. over in the corner. I was trying not to interrupt. I was trying to see if we could see the uh, the live stream questions. But uh, at the same time, somebody asked about lightning functionality. They said that should be enough money to add lightning functionality. Um, what, what's going on there? Is that something that you guys are going to eventually do? Yeah.
1: I mean, we... Um, you know, we... We don't we decided really early on that custodying private keys and, and you know building uh, wallet software was um, not the not the area where we were going to add value to the market and so you know we work with Gemini as our primary custodian we leverage uh, their wallet infrastructure um, we also uh, work with BitGo now specifically for uh, USDC which we added to the platform recently. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll see which way they go. And that's kind of the direction that, that BlockFi will go in for the time being. Um, but we are huge, huge fans of Lightning and uh, would love to support it however we can. But it's, uh, it's not something that's immediately on our roadmap. What we want to do is build products that connect cryptocurrency with the traditional financial services market. So, you know, if we're making a decision of, you know, do we, do we take uh, our engineering team and have them focused on uh building a credit card or a mobile app versus uh you know new wallet infrastructure we're going to pick the credit card mobile app type type product advancements every day
0: makes sense um what is the one thing that you believe now other than stable coins that you think everyone else is missing or uh, or disagree with you on
1: ooh that's a that's a tough one the stable coin so so I'll I'll put another one out there. So I'll say that um I'm a uh I'm a seller of the notion that things like derivatives are a net negative on uh you know asset prices for things like Bitcoin. Why? Uh, because I think that fundamentally what we're what we're trying to do is uh, integrate and compete with things in the traditional financial market. So whether it's you know gold or stocks, right? Like at the end of the day, there's an amount of money sloshing around around the world, and if you're an asset class, you're you're trying to grab as much of that as as you can. And if you don't if you don't build the same things around your new asset class that's trying to grab market share, it's going to be really hard to generate legitimacy in the eyes of the people that control the purse strings for some of those allocations of capital. Um, And so, you know, I I think the industry would be well served to uh, lean in to things like, uh, you know, the markets on the CME, uh, to things like uh, the Grayscale Trust that you can access, you know, GBTC through your brokerage Mm -hmm. account. Um, These are all great, great things. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one thing I worry about a lot as we go into this uh, next wave of you know, building products that are more relevant for mainstream adoption at BlockFi and marketing to you know, consumers that are maybe not in the space at all right now, is that we're going to convert people and they're going to go to crypto Twitter and they're going to see a bunch of people like you know, yelling at each other and telling them that the only option they have to keep their Bitcoin safe is in a, is in a hardware wallet in the, in the bunker. And having options is great. But we should uh, we should try and, you know, highlight the positives in our in our communication because there's going to be another wave. Mm -hmm. New people are going to come in and they're going to try and learn things. They're going to try and ask questions. uh, And it's on all of us to uh, to give them a great experience where they come out going, okay, yeah, I learned more and I'm not scared. And this does make sense.
0: And um, so, yeah, that's that's my new. Is there a blending eventually where right now there's legacy world and then there's the crypto world? Does this all come together?
1: Yeah, there has to be.
0: Yeah, there has
1: that's to be. That's the na- that's the natural. That's what we
0: want. Collision, and
1: right? that's and that's what we want. Um, if that happens, it means the market's getting bigger, because that's not going to happen if the market cap is you know uh, sub a quarter trillion. Mm-hmm. Um, so market cap keeps getting bigger. You get a network effect there. As the market cap gets bigger, other traditional market participants become interested. They come in. Market mm-hmm. gets bigger. <laughs> uh because they came in and then bigger market participants want to get involved. And so I, I absolutely think that, you know, if we fast forward a few years from now, Bitcoin will be on, you know, price quotes right next to commodities or other assets, stocks, that type of stuff. Like it was for a while in twenty seventeen, honestly, on CNBC. That's that's gonna happen again. And it'll just uh you know, ten years from now people think, Oh yeah, of course. Of course Bitcoin's a part of your you know, asset allocation in a well diversified investment portfolio.
0: To me, it feels like sentiment is shifting. I wrote about this earlier this week, and the sentiment is shifting in a way that I don't think we've seen in a long time. Um, there was a clip on CNBC Fast Money, loved uh, that, and uh, retweeted and, that but, real quick. Yeah, I think it's a guy. Uh, uh, I forget his last name, but I apologize. Um, but he, guy Adami, Adami. Okay, yeah. So he. Uh, he basically, the quote was something to the effect of, in a world where central bankers are tripping over each other to devalue their currencies, Bitcoin will prevail. Yeah, in and, a world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin wins. Yeah, Bitcoin is the victor. Yeah. And literally, he <laughs> when he said that, I, I honest to God, uh, rewound it. I had to listen a second time, and then I triple-checked that it wasn't a doctored or manipulated video, like some meme that somebody on crypto somehow did, and... I just sat there for a minute and I was like, holy shit. Dude, I did like a Michael ja- I was on the subway
1: watching it. I did like a Michael Jackson leg kick or something. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, boom. Well, the other thing that happened in that clip is uh every single every single person on the fast money panel They're in. was bullish. They're in, man. On Bitcoin. Look, you don't have to be a genius, right? Like it was at twenty K, it came down, now it's crossing ten K again. Over the last two years, I mean, we're just part of a bigger trend at BlockFi, right? Like smart yeah, yeah. people, you guys included, um, have continued building things. Yeah,
0: the space has gotten better. So, huge shout out to Joe Kernan because Joe was, I think, the first person that it's like a full time employee of CNBC to convert in yeah. front of everybody. Yeah, I mean, he he went through a two week uh, absolute like. Indoctrination, right? (laughs) I mean, I I still remember seeing him one day and him being skeptical, coming back like a week later and him literally looking at me and being like, this is the future. And being like, yes, dude. And it has permeated throughout the traditional financial system, right? And what I mean by that is not just the language and the sentiment that's displayed on kind of traditional financial press and, and media, yep. but also you're seeing the conversation change at the uh, richer investment advisor level. You're seeing it change in the institutional investor world. Um, you're seeing it change actually, uh, even with people who previously were not bullish, Right, you're starting to see them say, "Wait a minute, like there may be something here." Mm-hmm. Um, and the one this week that uh, that really caught me off guard, but in, in a positive way, was the CME's chief economist came out, and now he's not going to say, "Hey, look, you know, Bitcoin's going to be the next global reserve currency" or anything that's kind of on the extreme end of the view. But he very well he articulated very well that Bitcoin is a non correlated asset, and if it continues to be non correlated, this will be in. Pretty much everyone's portfolio. Yep. And I thought that that was uh, the last person in the world that, other than like a Warren Buffett coming out and, and flip flopping, um, somebody like that was like the last person that I would expect to come out and be that kind of strong in, in their uh, articulation of Bitcoin. The data supports
1: it, right? Uh, the, it definitely the data, does. The data supports it. Um, I'm actually going on CNBC for the first time later today, as someone who's been on CNBC what, what time a are you ton. Calling? I'm going like 10:45, uh, 11, I think. What should I do? What should I say? H- how do I kill it on CNBC?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, if you drop the long Bitcoin, short the bankers, you're a legend. <laughs> you may not, you may not be allowed to come back. <laughs> I, I've said it one time. Uh, I didn't go on television for a couple of months after that. Um, but uh, no, I, I, I think the whole thing is. Uh, the consistency of message is so important, right? There's yep. people who watch that show all day long. They've heard a million different things, but the more that they hear people who are building real companies in the space say the same thing over and over and over and over again, yep. it, it becomes, um, uh, in some weird way, a confidence game for them, right? It's like, hey, I heard about this thing. It's different than what I'm used to. Uh, it it kind of doesn't have the same um, foundational structure. Uh, the story's a little weird. Like, there's no companies, headquarters, all that kind of stuff. But if they hear over and over and over again, like, look, this is working, there are people who are participating in this, it has the network effects, it has the computing power behind it, etc. I think eventually, uh, you kind of slowly shift their mindset. Um, And so it's less about like, you're going to go say some like magic words, and all of a sudden, everyone is like hypnotized, like, oh, my God, Bitcoin's the future. And it's more of just like the consistency of message. Every time somebody goes on and says it, we convert, you know. 10 basis points of that of the viewership yep. and if we do that every single day right eventually trying like oh wow like actually a lot of people you know are kind of starting to realize this so yeah what are you gonna say uh
1: i don't know you don't know you have no I, I was working on it on the train up here i mean i think it's are you you're talking so, about so, the fundraise so my, uh yeah well of course it's a it's a it's a segment to cover the fundraise right so what are you going to use the money for explaining block five at a at a basic level but i, I think um
0: You'd be a legend if you said you're gonna take the money and just buy Bitcoin. Don't say that, but you'd be a legend if you did. Uh, man, that's actually a good idea.
1: <laughs> like, hey, what are you gonna use? Hey, what are you gonna use the money for? You just raised thirty million bucks. What are you gonna use the money for? We're just gonna buy Bitcoin. No, I'm just kidding. Here's what we're actually gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I, you that's know what? Actually, not a bad idea. Listen, you might get a couple of laughs.
1: Yeah. Well, the whole thing is like, uh, you just have to try and do a little something
0: to make it memorable, right? Yeah, of course. I think like you've got to be, you've got to be comfortable. You want to see how memes are made? Yeah. If you say that, we'll cut up. We'll cut it up, and then after you say we're just gonna buy Bitcoin, we'll cut the video, and then we'll play the music and have the glasses come down with the cigarette in your mouth, right? Like, <laughs> like deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Um, all right. What? Uh. Before we uh, got into the conversation, I actually tweeted out. Um, BlockFi.com slash Pomp and said, hey, everyone, go check out BlockFi. Dude,
1: we get so many people hitting us up saying, why don't I have a URL like Pomp does? Really? I, yeah. Like, I don't think can, that, I don't know. you I have to ask then? our marketing team, like, ha, ha, you know, why you're so special. But everyone's like, I want to, I want like BlockFi.com slash, you know,
0: my thing. Yeah. I think you you're should, one of the only ones that a, has one. <laughs> you should make a product where people can go and create Just their, create own, their own URL. Link. Can, yeah. 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 And then they get, uh, they get paid for the referral. Yeah. Right. Well, well people refer their friends all the time. Right? We
1: have referral links. We have all they that, that good stuff. Custom referrals. Yeah,
0: you just no, people don't get the custom URL that uh, uh, that you have. Ah, uh, <laughs> who is there? Anybody with a really big audience that's uh, that's asked? I can't remember. Uh, I can't you're remember. I just people. know. It's I just fine. I just know. I get. Uh, I get the question. Yeah. You, you should just make it custom. I agree. And then and then lower the reward that they get if they use the custom <laughs> one. Like gamify it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Listen. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks uh, for having me, man www.blockfi.com slash pomp, (laughs) www.blockfi.com slash pomp, and uh, $30 million in the bank. As everyone who uh, thinks that this is a celebration, now there's just more pressure. Absolutely. Just keep going. Let's get it done. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Hey, everyone. Pop here.